1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. It is now week 14, believe it or not. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. If you could please rate or view the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. It does help uh, people find the podcast, helps us out a, a great deal. So if you've been enjoying listening to us during the year, uh, leave us a bunch of stars. That'd be, uh, that'd be very, very nice. Uh, Andrew, week 14, how are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I was telling my wife that we're starting to get to that point of the season where I'm like, it's almost over, but then like with DFS, it's really like through the Super Bowl, uh, yeah. so it's not really remotely close to being over. Um, but the, the prepping
1: for a 13 game full slate is almost over. Though, yes, that that, is that part. Which is, is what you over. and I really care about.
2: Um, it also kind of felt like maybe the Patriots were ready for the season to be over after last night's game. Um, I feel like we're going to see a few of these yep. games that like teams are just look like they're giving up because. This part of the season always just feels a little wonky, like that. So, who knows what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, it's weird. You get the final core, where you get some teams look like that, and then you get some teams who are bad, but all of a sudden throw up like forty five points. The the famous Steve Burline Patrick Jeffers, like final <laughs> season, like whatever it was in two, uh, 1999, I think it was, was just uh, right. like insane. So you get some runs like that too, and it's it's fun trying to figure out, you know, which of those which of those going to happen, which teams are going to shut it down, and um, yeah, Cam Newton looks like he's uh, he's ready to uh, to hang out for the summer.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, so this slate, sorry, this slate is, this slate's fun. This slate is big. We have 13 games on the slate. Uh, no, buy, The bye weeks are done. Uh, we don't have any doubleheaders on Monday or no Tuesday or Wednesday games, at least so far. Do you have a Thursday game? You mentioned the Patriots-Rams last night. Uh, Steelers-Bills should be a fun game on Sunday nights also off the slate. And then Ravens-Browns, which is weirdly a fun game, weirdly an interesting game is uh, off the slate. Nobody thought that in August. It's, uh, it's funny that next week the Niners-Cowboys got moved off Sunday night for Browns Giants. Like if yeah. you told me that in August I would have said you are on so many drugs right now it's crazy. But uh here we are. This is uh the NFL is uh from 3 3 months uh 3 months ago it's it, much different than we thought it would look like.
2: Well, I mean it's like a combination of two things in that one. Like the Cowboys never get flexed out. Like yeah. never. Yeah. And then to find out they're getting flexed out for the Browns and you're just like this is And the, the
1: Brown- it's not even like the Brown Steelers, it's Browns Giants.
2: Yes, it's, that's uh, right. Right.
1: Does not say much about how the Cowboys and Forty ers seasons have gone. I guess Andy <laughs> Dalton and Nick Mullins maybe is not selling many uh, TVs
2: on at Christmas. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah.
1: So we do have we have a we have thirteen games as I mentioned. We have a we have four games that are look like pretty high totals. Four games that are low, and then the other games are uh, kind of in the middle. On the high end, we have uh, Green Bay and Detroit uh, takes the cake at fifty five. Uh, Titans Jaguars fun game uh, from a fantasy perspective fifty three. Vikings bucks 51 and a half. Colts Raiders 51 and a half. and we're at the point of the season where you know we have so many games that it's, it's interesting that we're, I found myself just kind of tossing some games out this week you never like tossing full slates out or full games out but you get to a game you're like yeah I don't really think with 13 games I want to mess with this so it's interesting you got to figure out which games you like which games in the high 40s maybe think it bump a little higher but uh, with a 13 game slate, I think it's, it's safe to kind of, you know, throw a, a majority of, of a game out. Like you, there's always a, there's always a running back or maybe a, a cheap receiver you may want from a game, but with so many games, some of these, uh, low scoring games, you want to, you want to kind of avoid as much as you can.
2: Yeah. And we've kind of talked a f- few times over the past few weeks about how there are some games that, uh, may have a low total, but it's like a overwhelming spread. And so it's like this game only has a 40 point total, but one team has 29 implied points. Yeah. Um, most of the low totals in this slate are fairly close, and so um, I think let's see, was that five or six games that are below forty-seven, and they're all within basically a field goal except for one, um, yeah. which is that uh, which one is that? New the Orleans? Saints, 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 yeah.
1: yeah, Saints Eagles. I think is seven and a half or eight on the road. But we got Cowboys, yeah. Bengals is forty-three and a half. The uh, the Niners and the football team is forty-three and a half. Texans, Bears is forty-four and a half. So it's uh. It's a it's a really fun slate. As I was going through it, like I found a lot of plays, kind of at every price range. A lot of I, we I've been struggling with trying to find running backs I like a lot of the season. There's like seven I like. There's like a lot of guys I like this week. So it's a uh, it's a tough week because you got really you have to parse down the options. Where you know a, a few weeks ago we had nine or ten games, and all of a sudden you can kind of you know there's really some guys you focus in on. But this week that's uh, yeah, figuring out uh, how to how to limit your core players is going to be going to be really valuable this week.
2: Yeah, I actually unfortunately found myself in a number of situations where. I found guys I liked and I was like, oh man, like, but maybe I should play this other guy who I definitely do not like, but happens to have a great situation is a little underpriced. Like I think there are plays, plays that actually jump out at you and you're like, I should play that one. But then you find, you find one that you're a little more comfortable with, whether that's the right move or not is different, but at least you feel a little bit better about it. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if come Sunday night and, you know, whether you're just below the cash line or, or what, and you're like, man, if I had just done what I know I should have done instead of what I wanted to do, that would no. is, that's a decision to make.
1: Oh, the number of times I've had that conversation on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last couple weeks have been good, though. I think I think we've had a lot of good hits on the podcast the last couple weeks. So hopefully for a third week in a row last week, uh, you know, Corey Davis came up huge for us, a guy that we talked about a bunch. And uh, so it was a it was a high scoring week, but uh, we had some we had some good lineups. So hopefully we keep that uh, keep that train rolling here. Let's jump right into running backs. Um, we've got uh, two guys that are kind of at the top at the elite here now that Christian McCaffrey is not going to play this week. You've got Dalvin Cook at Tampa Bay at ninety four hundred. Derek Henry at Jacksonville. at seven hundred. Uh, Henry sticks out to me this week as easily a play over Dalvin Cook, but uh, you know Dalvin's a stud. But going against the Tampa Run like I just I don't think I'm paying up this this week for Dalvin.
2: Yeah, no, I think Dalvin just turns into the perfect GPP pivot from Henry. Um, yeah. I mean, there, it's still a what is that a seven hundred dollar difference? It's not nothing yeah. on, uh, on DraftKings, so um, it's not n- totally a one v one. But um, yeah, Henry, I mean, just explodes off the page, and for every reason possible, um, we finally were saying um, was that last week? Yeah. Last week, like we finally found the game script that took Henry out. Yeah. Um, and it just happened you know, they were down a hundred and points at the half. So I mean, it's, it's basically from the, from the hot Browns who are now Sunday night fodder. Um, yep. but I mean, they're, they should kill Jack- Jacksonville. Uh, there's every, you know, everything works in their favor and the fact that they like to use Henry to get up and then they like to use Henry to stay up. And so, yep. I think he, I mean, the price is obviously high, but he seems like the pretty obvious pl- first place you go for cash games, at least.
1: Yeah. It's funny. We talk about Henry getting, you know, game scripted out. He still had 16 touches for yeah. 69 yards. Like that's getting scripted out for Henry. It's crazy. I mean, they were down 38 to three at halftime. I mean, that was an insane, like it really takes something that extreme, but, I mean, I think that we all think we look at you look at the totals, look at the implying team totals. We all think that Tennessee's going to score a lot of points against Jackson. It's just a matter of you know, a lot of people like Ryan Tannehill this week. A lot of people like Derrick Henry. And then you've got both receivers. It's kind of figuring out uh, you know who's going to end up with a with a with a bunch of those points. And I, I love I like usually I, I'm not a big Henry person, but I love him this week. I mean, it wasn't uh, like we said it wasn't great against them. in Week two, they they played in week two. He had 25 carries for 84 yards. I mean, prior to last week's down game, he was one seventy-eight and three, one thirty-three and one, one hundred three and zero. Like he's just—he's just a guy that is going to get the ball a ton, and when he's rolling, he's just impossible to stop in the second half where they have a lead. And I mean, Jacksonville gave one hundred twenty yards to Dalvin Cook last week. That was thirty-two carries. But uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had two hundred and six yards the week before. James Conner was thirteen for eighty-nine a week eleven. James Conner of all people. Like it's just <laughs> this. This I mean, this defense is just—I mean—getting thrashed everywhere. I just. I think Derrick Henry's a a fantastic play this week. Cash games, GPPs will probably be a little bit high there. But I think there's enough running backs, maybe $1,000 less, that maybe keep a little bit of that percentage off Henry. There's a lot of guys on this slate. And obviously, as you get the bigger slate, you have more options. So maybe percentages go down a little bit. But uh, Henry overcooked for me for sure this week.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the the percentage itself is probably going to be lower than we – are expecting from a guy in such a perfect situation because of the 13 yeah. games. But I think, yeah, he'll, he'll certainly be the highest. The James Conner shade there, man. Oof, poor guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: seriously. I I, I, I should only totally do that pre-COVID. I should not do that now. Hopefully he's feeling well, obviously. He's a cancer survivor, so we do worry about that. But uh, he was definitely struggling at the time when he put yeah. up those days, 13 for 89. Uh, funny with Dalvin Cook last week. We talked about, you know, they, they talked all week, like maybe we'll limit him. Uh, all he did was have 38 touches in that game against uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, Alexander Madison was out that game, so I think that impacted a little bit too. Like they just didn't really have an easy way to to get him out. But uh, let's jump down a little bit lower. There's a lot of running backs. I've found running backs in the mid range difficult most of the season, but uh, I think there's a lot of playable guys this week. Um, jump down to you first. Like in this in this mid seven thousands, uh, who jumps out to you as someone that you're you're trying to get in your lineup
0: this week?
2: Um, it's funny. Like Aaron Jones makes so much sense um just as like the running back for a big favor in a game of a high total um but like I mean we've talked about it for weeks now like what Aaron Rodgers does at the goal line is just so amazingly tilting when you have somebody yeah. like Aaron Jones um that you like almost need to just rely on a big like a 30-yard touchdown for him to come because if they get anywhere remotely close it just doesn't seem like they can get him in
1: it's funny. I played Rodgers and Adams last week, so I, I liked it. But they got down to the two or whatever, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're not going to throw it. And they, they did it again. And they throw it – like, they don't do it, and they throw it again after that. You're right saying, after it, yeah. <laughs> like, they just don't even think about running. It's it's so wild. And Jones last week was 15 for 130, but he had that 77-yard touchdown yep. right at the end of the game. So you look at it, you're like, oh, he had a huge game. But, you know, if he was, what, 16 for whatever that is, 63 – like it's suddenly like, Oh, Aaron Jones is quiet again last week. So it's funny how one play can do that, but it was a weird
2: play too. Like it seemed like it, it should now. have ended five or six times and he yeah. all of a sudden he was, he was just in the end zone
1: twice. I thought he was going to get tackled twice and all of a sudden he cut back. And I, I think that, uh, you know, Jacksonville was like, just get me out of
2: here. Yep. Like, yeah.
1: So, Oh no, sorry. Who they were. That was not Jacksonville last week, whoever they were playing Philly. last week. Philly. That's right. <laughs> Same thing. A team that's a team. That's just not want to be out there anymore.
2: Basically. Yeah.
1: Um, But you look at the matchup against Detroit, they're indoors. Detroit's allowed 23 rushing touchdowns to the running backs, which leads the NFL. Um, You know, David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson had three touchdowns rushing the ball last week. Um, You know, Dalvin was was 206 for two against them in week nine. And then you look back a little bit, Aaron Jones was massive against Detroit in week two. He had 168 yards rushing, two touchdowns, also 68 yards receiving in a touchdown. Matchup-wise, everything lines up for Jones. The price is pretty good at 7,600. They should have a lead. Uh, my only reservation is kind of what you mentioned with the with the inside the five touchdown stuff is like, it's just who knows what they're going to do there. Uh,
2: I think I'd like to point out that uh, Devontae Adams played 38 snaps in that game. Um, That's a good
0: point.
2: And had three targets. And Devontae Adams with three targets certainly allows uh, Aaron Jones to do whatever he wants. And I just have no thought that he would only have, like, I don't know how you can go into this week and be like, eh, I'm going to play Jones because they figured Devontae Adams out and only held him to three. Yeah, He got hurt in the second quarter right. of the game. So
1: I mean, that, otherwise we could have seen, you probably would have seen 10 targets. So, right. So
2: that's a good
1: point. And that, that that definitely skewed that first week, especially the, the four catches, 68 yards. Like you just, he's not, he's not getting that probably unless if Adams is playing.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think Jones makes a ton of sense as another pivot from Henry. Uh, I don't think you really need to play both, but um, I think that works well. But I think it's like the group under, I want to leave Chris Carson in this group. Like he's, what is he? 6,900. But like, I think Chris Carson makes a great play this week against a very overmatched Jets team, especially with uh, Seattle starting to run the ball a little more. They're using him in the passing game. I think there are plenty of people who are going to focus on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett because the Jets give up tons of yards and points two wide receivers, but I think Carson's a great play this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, the jets are so weird because they're just so easy to pass against that teams just aren't running. They have, they've got one rushing touchdown the last yeah. seven weeks. Like, I think we we're always like, Oh, we got to target these, these running backs against the jets. Cause teams are going to be up. And then you look and you're like, Oh, well they've allowed 100 yard rusher all year. It's just, it's very strange that and I guess it's just so easy. They have nobody to stop the pass. And we saw it with Derek Carr last week, even on, uh, even we have no timeouts and the game's almost over. They still are easy to pass against. So yeah, Sorry. That's my one shot against you and Greg Williams.
2: Um, he's gone now problem solved.
1: Is, yeah. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> fine now. Um, before I, I do agree on Carson. I think that he, he's looked good. The, the snaps went up last week. He's up to 42 snaps. Um, he was uh, 13 for 65. He had three, uh, three catches, 40 yards. He's, he's catching his he four receiving touchdowns this year, yeah. which is like, I think more than he has his whole career. I think was the status. I, I think he had three coming in and they're 13 and a half point favorites. Um, we know that Pete Carroll loves to run the ball. He's one coach that I think, even if they're passing the ball easily, if the second half they're leading, probably hands the ball off a lot. So I think Carson does make a lot of sense, too. And, I mean, our, our, old, our old standby, James Robinson, is still in this range. Like, he's been he's been priced up. He was $6,300 yeah. 2 weeks ago, which we talked about at the time was an absurd price. But seventy five hundred against Tennessee, um, you know, we, we've seen they don't really get game scripted out with him. He had 24 more touches last week for 108 yards. That's 94 plus ninety four or more total yards in six straight games. <sighs> He was good last week, last time against Tennessee in week two, 16 for 102. But the keys, I just one thing I wanted to highlight with Robinson, is you look at his touches. Uh, the last six weeks, Jacksonville's played some close games, played some blowouts. His touches are 26, 25, 25, 19, 27, 24. Like, the consistency in touches is insane with him. Like, they just, they no matter what the score is, how the game's going, Robinson touches the ball 22, 23, 24 times a game.
2: Yeah, he seems like the guy every week that I have in my lineup and then, like, ultimately I tinker away from him. And he has, like, a great game every week. And I feel like that must happen to a lot of people because he's never, like, overly popular. Um, I just but, like, think
1: because he's James Robinson on the Jaguars. Like, it's just, right. you're, you're like, oh, it's just so much sexier to go to Aaron Jones or Dalvin Cook or whoever it may be. I like, think I've just been kind of slotting him in, though. Like, and every week he's not massive, but he's just so solid and so good that it just it's, it creates a really nice base at one of the running back spots. Like I said, he's priced up than he was uh, a couple weeks ago. But seriously Raider, I, I still think he's very much in play.
2: Yeah. It's just funny to like, you'd be perfectly fine. If over the last six weeks you decided to pay 60, to 6, 7,000 for a running back on a touchdown underdog
1: <laughs> and yeah, he'd right. get the
2: touches and like, it's perfectly fine. Um, and, and
1: every single week he's come through. Yeah. It's, it's right. crazy.
2: And you could say that he had that good game against Tennessee back in week two. And he wasn't even really James Robinson back then. Yeah. He was just a guy. So like, uh, yeah, I think he, it's another one. Like I think there are a ton of running backs you can play this week. Um, And yet I still think Henry is going to be dominating the ownership at least.
1: Yeah. I found myself as I was building lineups, kind of getting into like two guys in this range was, was I was trying to build. And then if you go Henry and a cheaper running back, you know, you got to find the cheaper running back, which I think is a little bit tougher this week, but sticking in this range, uh, Austin Eckler is 7,000 this week. Great matchup against the Falcons. Um, The Chargers are tough right now. Like they have, they have uh, failed to cover six weeks in a row. Anthony Lynn has the worst uh, against the spread record of any coach. He's like, I forget what it is, like 1938 or something like that. But they got shut out last week by the, by the Patriots and looked as awful as you could look in a shutout. Like, they they earned that shutout. The <laughs> their special teams is the most egregious thing I've, I've seen in the NFL in a long time. Like, if you ever seen a special teams that are this poorly coached, they, they play this bad. I mean, they, they had 10 guys in the field twice and turned into big plays. Not like they did it once. like, oh, my God, can not we mess that up? Let's fix it. Like, they did it again. It was, it's just – it's crazy. But Eckler kind of got get game scripted out last week. Like, the game was just weird. But he still had nine targets in that game. Like, he still was very involved, at least in the passing game. Um, but, you know, the, the game just got away from them. But Atlanta's uh, Atlanta's bad against the pass, pretty good against the run. They're only at 3.7 yards per carry. But they, keep, get, they get beat by receivers out of the backfield a bunch. Um, but 25 targets in two weeks with Herbert. Uh, lots of PPR upside if the targets stay there. Um, Eckler 7,000. Another guy in this range, I think, very, very playable this week against the Falcons.
2: Yeah. um, Eckler was the second guy in my lineup uh, behind Henry. Um, I think that makes sense. Yeah. the, The hesitation I had, which is the hesitation I have every week whenever I have somebody from or against the Atlanta Falcons, is that... I figured that was coming. I've just been burned too much. And obviously, you can't let something as stupid as that... Uh, make the decisions for you but i think that the clearest thing is they got absolutely blown out last week and he was still targeted nine times like the targets are just it's peak camara um and probably and in the
1: it's talented targets too it's not yeah. like these guys that we get like chris thompson or jd mckissick where they get a lot of targets but they got to catch 10 for it to work like right. Eckler at any point can bust into these plays like talented targets is, uh, is is pretty important
2: yep and i think i mean he's probably gonna end up with more rushing attempts than camara would get anyway but i think if you like you're in this situation if we still had drew Brees, we have camara at 7100 um i think you'd look at the two of them and you'd say no i i want Eckler."
1: yeah and i mean camara with breeze definitely would be a different animal and the, the funny thing with the falcons you mentioned like if you were to flip on box scores later and you saw that they won 31 7 or lost 31 7 i don't think you'd be surprised either way
2: like, both, <laughs> totally
1: you totally see like you see the chargers killing this game you can see the chargers getting it, this is one of those games that i actually like the chargers this week they're they're Me plus too. two and a half um Plus two and a half at home against at the Falcons. Home. Like, I'm going to say that. But I think the overreaction of last week is huge. But uh, no, Julio may alter that line a little bit. But uh, I do like the Chargers this week. But I, I think there may... might
2: be some, like, some fantasy uh, analysis clouding our view of the team. Like, it's one of the, we're like, the Chargers are awesome. But it's like, they're actually not very good at winning yeah. football games, which. Uh, That's true. Tends to be the part, the, the important part.
1: I was kind of, I was a little surprised, you know, just from a fancy angle, this, this, I think the over is 49 or 49 and a half. I think this is a game that could get back and forth pretty good. Like I think for both of sure. these teams score, can struggle on defense. I think that's a game that, that goes over the number two. Uh, you mentioned Kamara; He was 15 for 88 rushing last week, had the low, had the 30 yard touchdown that kind of made his day, but you still look at the targets, three targets with Taysom Hill, only two catches. He has six total targets in three games with Taysom Hill. I mean, he always has upside. He's one of the most talented guys out there. But it's hard to get excited about playing, paying for Kamara right now without the receiving upside.
2: Yeah, I want to know part of it. Simple yeah, just – I
1: mean, it was good last week. But, like, it has to work exactly like it did last week for it to work. And, I mean, they should be up on Philly and they should run. But Taysom Hill had 14 rushes last week. And that just takes every, – every time he runs the ball – it takes a touch away from Kamara, and as a fantasy fantasy manager, you just don't want that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could argue that he had a ceiling game last week, like a ceiling Taysom Hill game, and he had 17, 17 crazy, points but... on fan, on DraftKings. So, like, no thanks. Yeah. That used to be uh, his floor.
1: I know it's 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 wild. What's uh, what is interesting because the hills actually played pretty well last week, and they had eighty three yards rushing and two touchdown passes, and. Uh, interesting to see how different that offense is going to look uh, in next week or so it, when Drew Brees comes back, if mean, he does come back next week. But uh, Dropping down a little bit, we've got uh, last week's hero. We have the, uh, the running back who led all re- running backs in points last week with 27.1. We talked about him a lot at 5,500. He's now 6,500. We have David Montgomery in another insanely good matchup. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I can forget about David Montgomery now. He did well in that good matchup. And then you look up, you're like, oh, he plays Houston this week. You're like, damn. So... Um, your boy, Jonathan Taylor, had 91 yards against Houston last week. That's how bad it's gotten for Houston. We'll get to um, him, too. El, the week before, Adrian Peterson and on Johnson were over 100 yards total uh, against uh, Houston. So it's in. we talked about it all year. I mean, Houston's terrible against the run. I don't know, Montgomery, like, the last two weeks, 143 and 111 total yards. Houston's leading the NFL, or I guess trailing the NFL, with a 5.2 yards per carry and 21.5 fantasy points per game to running backs. Like, the matchup is insane. He is priced up a 1,000. Uh, does the price up, get you off Montgomery? Or are you still, are you still aboard for this run?
2: I think Montgomery is the definition of the player that you should play. And you're not going to, cause you don't want to pay 6,500 for Montgomery. And we're gonna look on Sunday night and we're like, Oh, he had You know, a buck 20 and two touchdowns. And we're like, I just didn't want to do it. It's so funny. You say that. Cause we talked last mm-hmm.
1: week. Like I had, had two lineups last week and you and I are in this like roto wire, quote unquote expert league that we, that we play in. And, um, I kind of got away from that in that lineup from like all the obvious plays, like in Montgomery and all these like list of guys that were like, I really liked on the podcast. And I put them all on my second team for some odd reason. And my first team was like 130 points. and My second team was 205 points. So it's like, it's just it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, you should play the like play the guy that looks obvious and think you should play. And I just, I got away from that a little bit last week with Montgomery and only played him on my, my secondary teams, which still worked there. But like same kind of thing, like, I don't know, 6,500 against Houston with the way he's been touching the ball and the carries. Like you can argue against him because he's David Montgomery, but, you mentioned it last week, like he looks a little bit different running the ball the last few weeks. Like he looks, the way he's making guys miss, making some cuts, like he looks a little bit different than he did earlier in the year. I don't know if he's if he's fresh, if he's fully healthy. I don't know what it is, but you pointed out last week and I watched the game I Watched the game after we talked about it and uh, I agree. I think he looked a little bit different.
2: Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, he, the, the snap share and the carry, I mean, it gets every carry basically. Yeah. Um, and so I just think if it was almost anybody else and they had this situation, uh, you know, if you were just like, here's the running back against this team, and here are his stats, and he's yep. sixty five hundred, and Derrick Henry is eighty seven hundred, and you'd be like, yeah, give him to me. And uh, then you're like, is David Montgomery, and you're like,
1: oh. So do you play Montgomery at the same price, a hundred dollars more? Fine. Uh, over Ezekiel Elliott at Cincinnati in a game the Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. Zeke looked pretty good last week, eighteen for seventy seven against Baltimore. Stopped three times on the one-yard line, and then they threw it to Amari Cooper, which almost cost me a lot of money in my season-long league that I ended up winning by, like, a few points. And, like, my wife – I'm watching the end of this Cowboys game. It was, what, 34-17, and I'm, like, stressing out. My wife was like, I don't know how you do this. Like, this is so stressful (laughs) to me. She's, like, in the back of our – we have a media room. She's in the back of our media room. like, I don't know how you – just, like, put her hand in her head. She's like, just don't throw it to number 19. I was like – you gotta relax. It's okay. It's gonna work out. But it's funny how we just like these the, like stressful moments that I'm so used to like right. are stressful, but I'm used to it. And my wife was like freaking out about it. It was pretty funny. But um, it takes a special kind of
2: person to sweat like we do.
1: A special kind of sick person. Yes. <laughs> um, Zeke hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since Dak last played a game, mm-hmm. which is almost impossible. to Think about the fact that you know the Cowboys get to get to the goal line, they give him the ball, but. They're clearly a different offense with Andy Dalton than they were with whoever who are they were throwing in there before. Like you could tell that like at least they're running stuff and with Dalton he can make some passes. Like they aren't good but they're a little bit different. Um, Cincinnati's allowing 5, 5. 0 yards per carry so they're really bad against the run. Zeke is a favorite. Cincinnati's bad. Do you entertain Zeke down at 6600 for the for the first time in a long time?
2: Yeah. And and, and it's like I could play Zeke instead of David Montgomery?
1: I know, sure. right? Like I, I'm sucked into that too. And like you said, we're going to turn on the game. I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing?
2: But right. No, I... Um, that's, that's an interesting, interesting a little
1: shift there from a, a lot of people who are going to play Montgomery this week.
2: I think the funny thing about uh, Elliott is, uh, you say he got stopped three times like in close last week? Like I felt in like a, that was happening. In a row. Right. That happens with Dak too. And like I, I think we always joke about how many guys we roster that get stopped at the one yard line. Um, like if the field was 99 yards, we'd be millionaires. And so, um, but Elliot was, has always been that, but like the possibility of, of Dak faking it and running himself, I felt like at least gave defenses a little bit of hesitation on like totally crashing on Elliot and Dalton certainly does not provide that. And so like, um, I don't know, I think like I, if you saw that price, you know, in August, you'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, of course I would did, take that. Did,
1: does Zeke have, does Zeke break is like something, right? Right,
2: right. And so, uh, I think Zeke is a big reason why people will say, no, I don't want to play David Montgomery.
1: I just wonder if people have been so burned by Elliot this year that they don't go there. But I mean, I think he's finally at a price plus a matchup yeah. where I'm entertaining it for the first time and for seriously in a while. So yep. Um, uh, let's jump down to some cheaper guys. Um, I, we've talked about a lot of guys we like in the mid range, but some cheaper guys. I found it a little harder to find cheaper guys this week than usually. There's not that obvious one. Now, David Johnson may not play this week. Um, if you like Duke Johnson, he's priced down to 4,800. He was so bad when he played and the bears, uh, the bears defense is not quite the same as it was, but like at the bears, is not really a spot that I'm going to target. Yep. Houston, just, Houston doesn't, I mean, they just don't run the ball. They're, d- d- Watson's so clearly away, far away their whole offense that they just, either he's running it or he's passing it. I just, he's 4,800. I guess I could see that, but uh, I don't know. I don't get really excited. What do you do with, with Jonathan Taylor? Um, we talked about him. I joked about him being your boy earlier because we kind of wrote him off uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, he's, he's coming on the last couple of weeks. Uh, 90 yards uh, two weeks ago, 91 yards last week. Seven catches in those two games. Good to see him being used out of the backfield. Still only 33 snaps last week, which sticks out to me a little bit. There's still a timeshare aspect to the situation. Uh, pretty good matchup this week. The Raiders are allowing 4.7 yards per carry. The Colts are favored in this game on the road. Um, do you even think about going to Taylor? And, you know, you, you're you a cash player. Do you, can you entertain Taylor at all in your lineup? Definitely. Um, all right.
2: I actually, yes. you were saying you didn't like anyone down here, and I thought it was only because you have permanently scratched Jonathan Taylor off your list. <laughs> because... I mean, at 5,800 against the Raiders, um, he's not getting a ton of snaps, you know, as many snaps as you want, but he's getting touches on those snaps, a little of your uh, Damian Harris situation. The the touches look good, too. Like, he's Mm -hmm. made more guys
1: miss and broken more tackles the last two weeks than he had the whole start of the season. So,
2: um,
1: he looks like he might be finally starting to get comfortable in the NFL, and uh, he's obviously a talented guy and, you know, was crazy good in college, but... I'm still a little bit scarred, I'll admit it, that I, I, I still worry that, like, I'm going to flip the game on and Naheem Hines goes in the end zone for the third time and I just want to really break something.
2: Uh, I mean, that's certainly in the realm of possibility. So it's not, I mean, this is not, like, a risk-free play, but it's 5,700, <laughs> so you you have to take some. But, like, 90 and 91 rushing yards in the past two games, seven targets over that span. Like, I think we obviously worry about Hines. I think Jordan Wilkins is, like, not even a factor at this point. Yeah, we can toss um, that one. So... Uh, but there are plenty of running backs that we play that occasionally come out on third down and, and passing plays. And so I think uh, if you can get uh, Taylor at that price, which is another one you can play instead of David Montgomery, um, then, yeah, I think he could definitely be popular. And I don't think he's the only one down here that you could play.
1: So the other two down here, there's a guy 100 below him and 200 below him. We got Wayne Gallman against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, Gallman was great last week against Seattle. Somehow 16 carries 135 yards. He had a 60 yard carry in there, but they all count. He had 94 yards and touchdown the week before. He's clearly the guy. Like when they run the ball, they're handing it to Wayne Gallman. Uh Daniel Jones might be back, which I think helps him. You know, get little, you know, that run play option kind of, uh, kind of threaten there that, that helps you out. No factor in the passing game. And I'm a little worried that Alfred Morris came in twice. The goal. line. I don't know what year we're in the <laughs> Morris is coming at the goal line, but he's been Goldman has been the starter for five weeks. He's been a top 20 running back all five weeks. Like, that level of consistency, that that that, that matters at this point. Like, five weeks is a, enough of a time where, like, you know, Wayne Gallman's a pretty big part of this offense. He
2: has—he um, didn't score last week. 135 yards, but didn't score. But he had a touchdown in five straight games before that. Like, he's had double-digit points on DraftKings for six straight weeks. Um, so, yeah, he's the guy, I think— I think in that in that range, I think you're probably still playing Taylor, but I think he's he's perfectly fine.
1: So if I jump down a hundred, Miles Gaskin is against uh, Kansas City, and uh, you know, tough game script. They're seven and a half point dogs. Um, you know, anytime you play Kansas City, you you run that risk of Tyreek Hill having 200 yards in the first quarter, and you're right. down. You know, you're down 21 to zero before you touch the ball twice. But you know, he was very involved last week. He had 21 carries for 90 yards. He had two catches for 51 yards. He was good out of the backfield. He had two 20. He had a 26 and 25 yard catch. Um, he's just, su- whenever he plays, he's super, like he, he was his first game back and all of a sudden it's your job. You go touch the ball 23 times. Like they're, they're very willing to let him touch the ball a lot with Tua playing back there. You know, they're not, you're not really opening up in the passing game. So they use him a lot. Uh, Melvin Gordon quietly had 131 yards against Kansas city last week. Uh, Ronald Jones had 103 total yards before. So they've not been, they've been, you know, running backs have got them a little bit the last couple of weeks. I find it hard to get excited about Gaskin, but Gaskin but at 5,600, a guy's going to touch the ball 20 times. Like, you, you got to at least entertain that possibility.
2: So, he had three carries inside the five last week. Um,
1: how, how many negative yards did he have?
2: Well, so the people who played him, I think it felt like he had 17 uh, carries inside. It was six carries inside the 10, uh, and Oof. three inside the five, and he couldn't score. Um, so, I think there's some like. Uh, recency bias isn't really oh well, maybe it is negative recency bias um just because he got burned or he burned people so much last week but um I mean Kansas City is better against the pass than the run and if Miami can keep that game somewhat close using Gaskin then I think uh I think he makes sense I, I mean I don't know if blindly you play him over Gallman but um I think he's fine and I think Kenyon Drake right below both of them is perfectly fine too
1: yeah, Drake's Drake's frustrating. Like you just he you is. always wait for that big play and just kind of frustrating. Without without Kyler running, I don't like Drake quite as much because you okay. don't have that like dual threat. But yeah, I mean Drake is and he's getting the, the thing with Drake now is if they do get inside the inside the five, they're going to give it to him because Kyler's, Kyler's not, not going anywhere. So yeah, that's uh, you know at, at some point the Cardinals are going to have to change that and, and Kyler's going to have to run the ball because they're going to be they're almost out of the playoffs now as it is, but they're going to have to like take a shot at it. But uh, we'll talk about Kyler when to quarterbacks, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that Drake always, uh, you know, in that offense, they run a lot of plays. That offense is kind of not great right now, but um, can work. Any of these guys below that you like at all, we got Devontae Booker, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, 5,300. Uh, Gio Bernard against Dallas is 5,000. Obviously, Joe Mixon, I don't think ever is going to play. And then um, you got Duke Johnson. The J.D. McKissick is 4,900. Um, Antonio Gibson's out in this game. He had 10 catches last week against Pittsburgh. Um, he probably needs the right game script. He probably needs Washington to be lead or be trailing the 49ers and have to catch up. I, I worry that if they get ahead in that game, maybe they don't pass them a lot, but you know, at 4900, uh, the Niners are good against the run, but, uh, you know, not so good against the pass. So I guess it kind of works out there. Any of those like four guys, uh, you know, under Drake that, uh, you're, you're really interested in this week. Uh,
2: I think McKissick could be weirdly popular. Um, I do too. I do too. Just because, uh, certainly on DraftKings with a full PPR, like the, It just plays right into him. Um, There is one guy in this range who (laughs) happens to be playing in a game that we think will blast the over. Um, He certainly shares carries, but uh, I think part of it was injury. And it's a full-fledged revenge game. What do you think about 4800 for Todd Gurley against the Chargers? There was an Uh, article in the whatever, uh, I forget which paper it was out there about how Gurley was supposed to be like the foundational piece of the team for this new stadium, and his first game in it will be for the Falcons. So my only point is, you do know Todd Gurley played for the Rams, not the Chargers, yes? I'm not (laughs) Gurley. No. You called it a revenge game. Oh, did I? I? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) My fault. L.A., L.A. And at the stadium, though. Yeah. Stadium. Um, My fault. He
1: just looks so terrible right now to me. I just, I don't know. He He looks like he's hurt. He had eight carries for 16 yards last week. I just, I would play, I'd play the guys. I'd, I'd play. Oh, I don't know, like Gio Bernard or Duke Johnson. No, but you don't. I, want to don't, play those guys. I, I don't trust Todd Gurley. I, I he That's could fine. fall in the end. He could fall in the end zone twice, which is the the real the real game shift you're looking for here in a, in a high total game. But um, I don't know. I think he's I think he's sharing carries enough and not looking good in the carries he shares. And I'm I'm full of far away.
2: The irony of me messing that up is that I mix up Gurley and Gordon all the time. And yet, so that would have made sense.
1: That's right. I had to give you a smart-ass reply to it anyway.
2: Well-deserved. The funny part of it is I looked and I'm like, did Gurley play for the Chargers or the Rams? So I, I actually like looked it up as we were
1: going because I totally, I was like, I, did I mess that no, up? No, I'm
2: I'm the idiot. Don't worry
1: about it. Uh, you're usually better with but that yeah, stuff I, than yeah, I, I
2: just, for all those guys we talked about, I think McKissick is going to be the most popular of that group um, just because like nobody likes to play Gio Bernard. Um, yeah, and for, good, for
1: good reason. Yeah,
2: right. and everyone else just doesn't have kind of the workload that you want, and McKissick I, might get it.
1: I think the key for me in this range is that I can easily go up to Taylor, Gaskin, yeah. or Gallman for under six thousand and like them pretty significantly more. So I don't, I don't think I need to play Devonte Booker fifty three hundred right. when he played thirty three snaps and Jalen Rashard played thirty two. Like I just, I just don't think it works when I can go up to a guy that I know is going to touch the ball.
2: A bunch. Yep, totally agree.
1: Let's jump into the passing game first a note from our sponsor BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM subscribers a full a free 6-month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and once you make your first sport, sports wager you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to to wager, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada. So we'll jump to the passing game. I I found the running backs uh, really interesting this week, so we spent a lot of time on those. We'll jump to the passing game. Um, the top of the slate, we've got Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson between 7,500 and 8,100. Uh, at the top of that 8,100. You're the Jets fan. Talk to me a little about Russell Wilson this week. Like he just looks so good on paper. Like he's, they're, they're a huge favorite. They'll score a lot of points. You wonder how much they're going to throw, how much they're going to shut it down late. But like teams can just throw so easily against the Jets. I don't know if Pete Carroll's going to be tempted by that or tempted to hand the ball to Carson and Hyde and all those guys the second half. So how do you feel about this game?
2: Um, I thought it was enough of Carson potential that, uh, and more less game script and more just Carol himself. Yeah. seems like he wants to get Carson involved more. And so, uh, I think Rogers is the best play in this group. And because he's cheaper than Wilson, it was kind of easy for me to say, no, I'll just play Rogers. Um, it's a bummer that like Watson finally gets in, up in this group in the worst matchup that you could probably have, at least for his remaining schedule. Um, and like, can you ever actually go wrong with Mahomes? So like, I think it's Rogers yeah. and Mahomes at the top of the four. And I think Rogers probably separates himself because they just, because he throws so much into the goal line. Simple as that. Yeah.
1: He is priced up a little bit. 6,800 last week for Rodgers was insane. He wasn't, he was fine. He wasn't huge last week and, Obviously, those people that got the Derek Carr game, uh, you know, benefited immensely from that. But I'm so tempted by Wilson this week. I got to be honest. But the last four games, you look, he hasn't topped 270 yards. He has four touchdowns total in those games. I just there's there's a part of me that thinks that Pete Carroll has to let him loose. But you know, it's Pete Carroll, and he's one stubborn bastard. And I just I worry that it's going to be you know. Whatever it is, 21 to 6 at halftime. And all of a sudden, you know, we just see Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde touch the ball 9,000 times in the second half. And you know, Wilson has is efficient, but has 230 yards and two touchdowns. And I worry about that. But then the Jets are just so bad against the pass. I mean, Derek Carr was what 381 then three last week. Uh Ryan Fitzpatrick was had 257, two fifty-seven, two touchdowns a week four, and Justin Herbert was huge three before that. But I'm tempted by Wilson. Um, but I think you're right. I think Rogers and Mahomes do make a lot more sense. Um, you know, the opposite of what Seattle's done in the last five weeks is what, is what Kansas city's done. Like they were kind of holding back on their, their pass offense a little bit. And all of a sudden the last five weeks, they are bonkers. They're over. He has Mahomes has attempted 40 plus passes in five straight games. Like that is crazy for a team that is up a lot. They're just throwing, he's over 300 yards, passing five straight. I really want to see the game plan in this one. Miami likes to blitz, and if you blitz Patrick Mahomes, you absolutely will get killed. Like, he's like 9.5 yards per 10 to, get to blitz. Miami loves to blitz. I just don't think you do it this game. If they do, he's going to thrash them. I just I think that Brian Flores has to, like, come up with a different game plan. But you're right. You can't go wrong with Mahomes. I don't think you can go wrong with Rodgers either. Um, you know how much I love Deshaun Watson, but outside on the road without Will Fuller, he had 341 41 yards the first game without Wilford, but no touchdown passes. He's running the ball a lot, which is, you know, helpful. Like, he has that rushing floor of, like, 30 to 35 yards yeah. now, which he didn't have earlier in the year. I love Watson, but it's hard for me to play him over the other three guys uh, with the situation right now.
2: It's funny to me that you said, like, Rogers wasn't that great last week when he had 295 yeah. and three touchdowns.
1: It's just there were so many quarterbacks that did really well. And yeah. you and I talked about we wanted that 300-yard bonus to get him up there. Like, it felt like... He was really he was good for the price, but he wasn't like that huge breakout like made the slate. Whereas if you know the guys that played card just got so many more points that it just, it hurt in that regard.
2: Super annoying too. Um, yeah,
1: and if if Marquez Valdez Santley doesn't drop a 50 yard pass, it's right in his hands. Where Aaron Rodgers gave him the look of death. By the way, he looked at him like I am never throwing you the ball at you again. And I don't know if he did. Uh, yep. It's uh, you don't want to be on Rodgers' bad side. I don't mm. think uh, there's a lot of people that could attest to that, but. Uh, he dropped down a little bit. I do want to talk Kyler Murray just for a second because he was a guy that was like so automatic the first like eight or nine games of the year. I saw a stat. Um, the last, the first nine games, he had 5.5 designed run plays per game. So those are plays that like are designed for him to actually run the ball, not plays where he scrambles or gets rushed or runs, uh, but actually designed for him to run. 5.5 of those. He has nine total last three games. Wow. So anybody that's like his shoulder's fine, everything's good, they have changed the way they've called offense last three weeks. And it's very clear they don't want him to get hit. There's going to be a moment where the shoulder is okay and they're going to want him again. He's probably going to have a huge game, but I have a hard time paying 7,200 right now when I don't know what the offense is going to look like.
2: Yeah. I think that, I mean, particularly on a slate where we have plenty of other options, like I just don't, exactly. and the Giants defense has actually been pretty good recently. Yep. And so, um, yeah, sure,
1: the Giants, Giants team's been pretty good Yeah, right? where they won, when they went four to row and it's, uh, it's wild that, you know, th- this division, we're like, it's going to be so bad and, you know, Dallas and Philly might win seven games and fight for the division. It's going to be the Giants and, and, and Washington doing that. It's 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 kind yeah. of crazy. But Kyler, the last two games, 5.0 and 4.4 yards per attempt. So not only is he not running, they're, he's getting the ball out quickly and they're throwing it short. Like it's just, it's a gross offense right now. And he always has that upside. And I get that. And if you're like in a season long playoff, like you got to use him for the upside. But. I just don't think, I don't see how you can use him in DFS right now. And, and you know, you might get lucky and he might start running again, but you're like, you're kind of banking on the fact they're going to change their offense back. And
2: it's hard to see right now. Yeah. There's just plenty of other places to go. Like it, that's kind of what I just keep going back to. And like that game doesn't even have that high of a total. Like we talk about how many high total games there are. Uh, and even some that aren't that high total, like that Chargers game, or like that could go over. And this just You've does. got one
1: of one of the best cornerbacks in the league guarding his his number one receiver. You got James Bradbury. I, I just it does. I don't see it at all. But you're going to hate me for this one. But I go down three hundred bucks. I actually really like Tom Brady this week at, at sixty nine hundred. I know that you're going to roll your eyes and get mad at me for that. But multiple touchdowns in six of seven games. Um, Brady struggles with pressure, but Minnesota's twenty seventh in the league in pressure rate. So it might be a spot where he can keep his jersey clean and, and throw the ball a bunch. 340 plus yards in 3 of his last 6. So he's had some down games but when he plays well, when their offense is clicking, he, he really has a lot of upside. Mike Evans is questionable, which scares me a little bit, but I think they have enough weapons where even if Evans doesn't play, you got Brown, you got Godwin, you got Gronk. There's enough there. Um, you know, Mike Glenn had 280 yards on Minnesota, Teddy Bridgewater 267, which don't sound great, but those are weak quarterbacks. Um, you know, when you look at what the with the good quarterbacks did against Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, four games against them. They played Rodgers twice, 14 touchdowns against those quarterbacks. Good quarterbacks have really smoked Minnesota this year. I know you hate it. I know, I know.
2: I mean, just play Justin Herbert, man. <laughs> I get it. You know, the Brady makes total sense. Game stacking, that one makes sense too, because you've got the excellent receivers on the other side that you can come back with.
1: Yep. Uh, I haven't like I haven't liked Brady a lot of games, and I was one that uh, didn't like them coming to the season. So I haven't done it to you too much, but this is a week where I, I think Brady's a pretty good play. But you I mentioned Herbert, mentioned Herbert sixty eight hundred. I do like that play this week too. I, I like the bounce back. I and mean, He was horrible last week. There's no way around it. Um, he looked like a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick, right. which is yeah. like what we talked about. And like he was twenty six and fifty three for two hundred nine, like two hundred nine on fifty three passes. Is That's really crazy. crazy. <laughs> like it's it's hard to do that. So. Um, But Taysom Hill was good against them last week. (laughs) Passing, too. He had two touchdown passes. Um, Derek Carr was bad a couple weeks ago in Atlanta, but that was a weird game. Um, Atlanta's just been a great matchup all year against quarterbacks. They've given up the most quarterback points per game in the league. I know they've been a little bit better recently, but uh, this feels like a nice bounce-back spot for Herbert. I think this game gets more back and forth than... Um, everybody else, the, the, the Vegas total does. I think it goes over over to the total, which is forty nine and a half. I I like this game as a, a game stack game. So I uh, I like Herbert. I like Brady. Like two guys in this range. If I want to save a little bit, I think both of them are really good plays
2: Yeah, totally agree. And we joked that he threw fifty three passes last week. He threw fifty two the week before. Yep. Like there's they, no they, they,
1: they, they drop back a freaking ton. There's no way around it. And with Eckler back, like I was gonna say Eckler back,
2: and they're like, no, no like, we're gonna so throw he's, more. He's,
1: he's gonna just, Exactly. You throw more. Like it's, it's great. Like you just don't have to hand it to Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson, all those guys. But, um, yeah, I think that, I think it's a really nice bounce back spark for her. Yeah. I think he puts us good stats.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, for cash game consideration, I started with Aaron Rodgers. but I think if I need any extra salary going down to Herbert and I guess Brady would be fine.
1: It's not worth, it's not, it's not so good. You got to play Brady against your, against your <laughs> player, I don't want you to feel sick all day, Sunday. But, uh, what do you do with Taysom Hill at 6,600 this week?
2: Uh, Taysom Hill feels a little David Montgomery-ish to me, of like a guy I should probably play, and I'm just like, eh, I'll take anybody else, please. It's it's so funny when we look at what Hill's done these three games, just how
1: bonkers the first half game plan against Atlanta was. Yeah. Like, they literally came out, we talked about before, I know, we talked about, it, but like came out with the Drew Brees game plan, and it was so bad And the last five halves, he's been very effective. He had 14 carries for 83 yards last week, 232 yards passing. But you have to use him in that way as a threat of the run. Otherwise, it makes no sense. He's not going to – it's not a five-step drop back and throw the ball kind of guy. And the fact that Sean Payton came out with that the first half was so weird. But, um, you know, Hill just drops back. He either runs or he throws it to Michael Thomas, is kind of what we've seen. Like Michael Thomas over 100 yards in the two Atlanta games – um, running quarterbacks have been good against Philly too. Um, They're playing the Eagles this week. Dan, Dan Jones has 156 yards rushing in two games. Lamar Jackson at 108. So they have struggled against kind of the RPO type quarterback. The rush floor has just been great with with Taysom, 51 and two, 44 and two, 83 rushing yards last week, no touchdowns. I don't think I could do it when I when I have Herbert and Brady right there and Price with the you know those those like massive passing games, but. Like, I wouldn't begrudging be playing Hill right now against the, an Eagles defense that, you know, maybe maybe is looking forward to uh, hanging out in Cancun in a month.
2: Was that big Daniel Jones game the one where he fell after running for... I think so, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it should,
1: should have been, like, an 80-yard touchdown. It was, like, a 65-yard... Uh, right, stumble. Neat joke instead,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think Hill's fine. I don't think anybody plays him in cash, which is weird because, like, we... Always, or last season, we were paying up for Lamar because of the rushing floor, and we're paying, we played up for Kyler early in the season because of the rushing floor. Um, and yet for Taysom Hill, I'm just like, uh, I think it's just such ugly football that I just don't want to have to cheer for it. And I think the passing so floor
1: sweet. is, the passing floor is really low, and that always put, come into effect. Like, he 37 two, passes last week. He did, he made no, it's crazy. I mean, I guess what you do against when you play against the Falcons, but I don't know. You give me outdoors against Philly, I just, uh, I don't know. I go Herbert and Brady this week over him. Yeah,
2: I I, I hear you on that one.
1: Real quick down cheap, there's one guy that's kind of sticks out that everybody's talked about all week that we have to talk about a little bit. Um, 5,100 on DraftKings. We have Jalen Hurts in that game against Taysom Hill um, against New Orleans. I am not doing it. I think the matchup is too difficult. I don't. I just, the first game, full full game against the Saints, I'm not doing it. But there is a real case to be made here. There, there is a rushing floor with him too. And if you get a rushing floor at 5,100, that becomes a pretty interesting factor, especially if you want to throw him out down in GBP. He played half the game or so last week in in relief for Wentz had uh, he was five for twelve from one oh nine. You know, they, they kind of threw it downfield a little bit with him, but he had twenty nine rushing yards in the game too. And obviously he's a guy that was huge stats in college at Oklahoma. Alabama, then Oklahoma. Um, he's talented, he can get out of the pocket. I just his offensive line absolutely sucks. Like it's just horrible. Um and New Orleans hasn't given three hundred yard passing all year. Uh, after a lot of touchdown passes early, like they've been really good against the past. No three hundred touchdown passes a whole season is pretty wild in today's yeah. NFL. I don't think I could do it, but I get why people might, because the price is so insanely cheap, and you might get, if you get, like, 45 yards rushing, like, suddenly it gets it gets pretty interesting pretty quickly.
2: But what about the same price for the guy facing the team that's allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, including the most passing yards? Who is that? Sam Darnold. Uh, you're going back to Sam Darnold, huh? There's no back. But, like, <laughs> the Seahawks have been an absolute sieve this season. They've been better Bebe- lately. A little
1: bit better, better lately, but better you're late. right. I mean perfect game script too Um,
2: also the the better lately is banged up kyler uh carson wentz and colt mccoy that's a very
1: good point like i think you look at stats like a bit really you have to look at who they've been playing so uh yeah i think that's interesting i think that uh i wish denzel mims was playing because i think that's another weapon that you can really hit a big play with uh but yeah here's i'll say this i'd rather play darnold than hertz I'm not playing Donald, but yeah. I, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If you take that sound clip, make sure you include the Hurts part. But um, I just I think that I think the risk of I I could see why people want to play Hurts and he's so cheap. I just think the risk of a a game where he has like eight points is real. Like I think there's a game that the way that the Saints just the Saints in. are good. Yeah, they're really they're good. They're, they're really defense good. On, defense on fire. Defense, right like they're yet. playing really well. Yeah. Uh, any love for Mitch Trubisky against Houston at 5600? No. Yeah, me either. I just uh it's a great matchup. Houston's terrible, but I just don't think there's enough upside in that in that Bears passing game to do it. Why
2: would I play Trubisky when David Montgomery's gonna have three touchdowns? It's a
1: fair point. That's exactly what happened last week, except one of them yeah. was. Forwarded. But yeah. Um let's jump into receivers. I think receivers are really fun this week too. But first a note from our sponsor, PropSwap. Smart sports betters always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet. That's why smart betters use prop You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use a promo code ROTO500. That's promo code ROTO500. And PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter, sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. Uh, With receivers, we've gotten to the point, kind of like Michael Thomas last year, we got to start at the one guy who separated himself at the top is Devontae Adams. 9,300 on DraftKings, 9,600 on FanDuel. Um, Just a stud every week. Like, last week, we are like, can we pay up for Adams? I did it. 10 for 121, two touchdowns on 12 targets. Like, he has eight-plus targets every full game he's played. He scored in seven straight games, and he has 11 touchdowns in that stretch. Like, that is... It usually get the guys like you know you see the game log is like one 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 you get like that weird like six in a row his is like one one two three two one it's it's just a crazy game log to look at. Um, he's played nine full games this year, so he's played nine games We he played the full game. In five of those nine, he has been one of the top two receivers in the league. So not a, not a number one receiver like people use wide receiver one for like one through twelve on the week. He's in wide receiver one or two in fifty five percent of the weeks he's played games. That is an impossible insane stat in today's NFL where you always get some receivers that go off. He's been five of the 55% of the week. He's been one or two. Like, that's that's the most amazing stat to me.
2: That is pretty wild. Um,
1: and it's a great matchup. Like, yeah, Will Fuller, I, I, Will Fuller went crazy against them two weeks ago. DJ Moore, 27 yards before that. Like, it all lines up. It's just a matter of how you build your lineup this week. If a $9,300 receiver makes sense or not, um,
2: yeah, I mean, it's expensive. Um, I think there are plenty of ways you can get him in. Like it's it's yeah. not like a slate where it's like impossible to get him in. We talked about all these cheaper running backs you can play. Um, I think if you pay up for two running backs, then you're not probably getting anyone, any of the upper tier guys. Um, and if you are, it's probably not Adams, but um, it's more like, I think it's going to come down to weird things. Like, do I want Adams or Aaron Jones or Adams or Eckler? Um, and then you have to see kind of like which um six thousand dollar wide receivers there are and if you'd rather just play jonathan taylor then now you have a little bit money a little bit more money to to go get adams yeah. but i mean there's never i i'm not sure what the price is that you get to the, where you're like i can't play adams at that price but yeah. 9300 is not it yet yeah i
1: think it, it really comes down to how you build your lineup this week i think it, there's no there's no like me arguing against using him there's i mean everything is positive for adams and the way they run their offense inside the 10 yard line is so absurd, but it's like so built to get Devonte Adams, the ball. It's just, they, it's just made for a receiver right now. But as we jump down a little bit, there's two interesting guys in the mid eights that I think are, uh, are definitely worth discussing The first is Tyreek Hill. The second is DK Metcalf Tyreek Hill. I think we have this like thought in our minds. It's kind of like, he's a boomer bust guy. Like if he hits the big play, he wins his targets last four weeks since they've really opened up the offense, 18, 14, 15 and 10. Like, Double-digit targets four weeks ago is not what I think of when I think of Tyreek Hill. I think of, you know, seven targets and then goes four for 106 and a touchdown. Like, you get that one big 50-yard play, and they've they've changed how they run a little bit. Like, they've thrown the ball a ton the last five weeks, and it's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with a ton of targets every single week, the way they've built this offense right now. Um, you know, last week he had a, he had a penalty. He had the touchdown that everybody saw that he caught. They didn't, he didn't, he didn't know he caught it. Like yeah. he caught the ball bounced, and nobody else saw it. So it was a touchdown that would have come back and reversal. they didn't challenge. And then he lost another one by penalty. Like it could have been a huge game. He was still six for 98 without all that. So still really good. You know, I think Miami, you, you think maybe can hang in this game a little more than most teams they are only seven and a half point underdogs. He has 95 plus yards and four or five. Miami has been pretty good, pretty good against wide receiver ones, but Tyreek Hale's in a spot right. right now where if you're going to give him double-digit targets, like, he is insanely dangerous.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think you laid it all out. Like, they're, yeah, it's just, I agree. He completely felt like a guy that was, like, not a cash game play because he didn't yep. get enough targets. And if you're kind of relying on him either catching a long ball or catching a short one and running it long, like, you, you just can't do that. But, yeah, the volume – I think the biggest thought is how much of a difference – Uh literally straight up fantasy point wise, am I getting, if I play Hill over Travis Kelsey and we'll get to tight end and why people tend not to play Travis Kelsey, but like if Kelsey was a wide receiver at 7,000, I don't like, I don't think anybody's playing Hill.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's just Kelsey's been crazy consistent too. Uh, But then right here at this price, 8,400, we have DK Metcalf going against your jets who cannot stop the pass. Um, They've allowed six wide receivers over 90 yards last six weeks. And that doesn't include Darren Waller, who, Literally just did whatever he wanted last week. Like every time I looked up at that game, Waller was catching a 25-yard pass. He was—they just could not stop Darren Waller. He had 200 yards on 13 catches. DK Metcalf—I mean, he's faced a bunch of stud cornerbacks. Like the, the like the last five weeks, he's faced like five of the eight best cornerbacks in football, or some stat it was. That ain't happening this week. The Jets are, are not running out Darrell Revis this week. There's nobody they're running out there. You can my Niners are the same way with cornerbacks. I'm not just ripping on your Jets. Uh, 21 targets the last two weeks. He kind of slowed down the targets two weeks prior. He had nine in two weeks prior, and then 21 the last two weeks. It's clear their offense right now is run the ball, throw the ball at DK Metcalf. It's the other guy. The Tyler Lockett's been a little bit phased out. Um, Metcalf at 8,400. I, I I like a ton this week, too. I, it's hard for me to, to, to pick one between Metcalf and Hill, but I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Metcalf just based on the fact of the Jets can't stop anybody.
2: Lockett's been phased out by getting nine targets in three of the last four games. So, right. Like, <laughs> not... <laughs> Not so bad. But
1: not not doing anything with him, though. It's weird right, how yeah. they just they, – he's like under 70 yards. He's under 70 yards like five weeks in a row or whenever we get to him. But uh, I don't know. I just think he's like – it feels like every time they throw the ball deepest to Metcalf, yeah. there's nobody out that can guard him. Unless the Jets like build their defense this week towards doubling him and like try and take him away and let everybody else beat him, they have no way to even stay with him right now. Nobody does, though. Like Derek well, that's Slay true, had no chance. I mean Patrick Peterson had like, all these guys he's faced, like nobody's stopping him right now. It's just, he's just an, uh, just a beast.
2: Um, I think both of them are good enough to fade Adams.
1: Yeah. I mean, you save, if you're going to save a thousand nine hundred <clears throat> bucks from Adams and use that at running back, like it, you can, you can upgrade pretty nicely if you do. Yeah.
2: That. If you're using it to like change the defense, I don't think that's worth it, but like that it's a sizable difference. And those guys could absolutely kill the, or the Metcalf can kill the jets. Hill can kill anybody he wants.
1: I have them all kind of on the same tier this week, which leads me to probably take the guy that's eight or nine hundred dollars cheaper.
2: Right. No, I think that's that's reasonable, and we hit on a number. I mean, for tournaments, if you are willing to just go cheap at running back, play all of them. Like there's there's there is a path to getting yep. all three of these guys. Um, and frankly, in tournaments, you only need two running backs, two cheap running backs. So if you want to play Jonathan Taylor and JD McKissick and then Adams Hill Metcalf, like it's not crazy. It's not impossible. Do you think the three
1: of them are kind of, um, similar ish percentage owned? Do you think that one is, do you think Adams is definitely the highest? Cause I, 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 think, the, I think the three, I think people just go, we'll start with Adams. And just kind go, of right go to Adams. I think um, he'll be like a
2: 22%
1: guy with the other guys will be like 12 to 15% kind of thing.
2: That seems reasonable.
1: I haven't looked at. Uh, I'm trying to really, pull it up myself. Yeah, here. I was going to say I haven't looked at really good ownership percentage yet, but that'd be my kind of ballparkish guess.
2: Yeah, UF Collective has um, Adams first, Hill third, and Metcalf fifth. In terms of, I, I prefer to look at it that way as opposed to just raw. You're
1: talking overall at the position.
2: At the position, sorry, yes, okay. yeah,
1: at the position. Who's, se- who's second? I'm curious.
2: Uh, your boy, Corey Davis.
1: I was like, DJ Moore's not playing. How can he yeah. be my boy?
2: Corey uh, Davis, your new boy.
1: Corey Davis is a freaking star. And DJ we'll Moore is the
2: reason for the fourth one, who's Robbie Anderson.
1: Yeah. And the thing now is with Julio out, Julio's out. Uh, Calvin Ridley's going to move up there, too, I think. Probably. He'll probably be in that top five ish. So let's jump down to that range. A lot of, uh, a lot of fun guys in the 7,000s. Um, Keenan Allen's the guy that we played a lot when he was priced down. He got priced up and hasn't done a lot lately. He's under 50 yards three last four weeks, but still a ton of targets. I find it hard. To, I find it hard this week to get in my lineup at seventy seven hundred. If I if I play a Herbert stack, then maybe I, maybe I do it and you know come back with with Ridley and figure out some cheaper running backs in there. But uh, I don't know. Atlanta's just so bad against receivers. They've been a little bit better lately. But a hundred yards to Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill playing the last couple of weeks. Um, every time I look at Allen, I'm like, oh, I should just go get up to Metcalf or Hill. But you know the matchup's really good.
2: Yeah, I never fault anyone for playing Keenan Allen. I think there will be some people who look at that recent. Uh, production and think maybe they can get away with Mike Williams, um, who's much further down the list, and he's also much further down the target list. So like, yeah, um, yeah. no, I think. I mean, you talked about like Ridley is two hundred dollars less than Keenan Allen on DraftKings, and I think a lot of people are going to go there anytime Julio's out. Um, people jump to there. I mean, the Minnesota guys aren't cheap. We talked about kind of game stacking them, but you're you're actually going to get the Tampa Bay receivers cheaper, uh, even though you you want to play Brady. Yeah. Um, but it's funny to finally see Jefferson above Thielen.
1: Yeah, Je- Jefferson's on. Like, I, Thielen's so good in the red zone they use the targets. But like, Justin Jefferson, I mean, twenty five targets the last two weeks. He has four touchdowns the last three weeks. Seventy plus yards each of the last four weeks. Like, he's just he's so involved right now. He's just a deep ball guy. That, like, the upside is there. But if you're gonna give him the upside plus the targets, which build in the floor, like it's just it's hard to argue against Jefferson against a team that. Um, can stop the run really well, but I tell you what, against the pass, Tyreek went bonkers against them when the last game they played, they had a bye last week, the last game they played, but the week before that, I mean, uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup had over 130 yards each, uh, the week before that, DJ Moore again, DJ Moore's all over the place, This <laughs> dude is so good, uh, 96 yards and a touchdown the week before that, I just, I don't think Minnesota, It's interesting. we'll see what Minnesota does, because Dalvin Cook's so good, but I just don't know if he'll be able to run the ball, I mean, yeah. he's so good, that maybe they'll, they'll have to stick with it, because it's such an elite running back, but I think they're going to get behind. I think Tampa Bay is going to score in the Minnesota defense, and I think that I think Jefferson and Thielen are still really, really live, even at the prices.
2: Totally agree. I think they're they jump out at me. Like I, I, like AJ Brown, if, if he's even he, going to play, so he's not even I think practicing he, this I, week.
1: I think he's going to. I think he's going to play, but yeah, he's he's a little banged up.
2: But obviously, the, the Corey Davis hype is going to make everybody just fade AJ Brown anyway. Um, and like Michael Thomas I, makes sense, I guess, if you're going to get all of Taysom Hill's targets. But um, yeah, just like the Minnesota guys just seem like such outliers in this group.
1: It's funny. Cause if you want to, if you want a low percentage GPP stud, Deandre Hopkins is 7,600 and no one is going to own him. I'm not, I'm not either. I, I just, won't. I, yeah. <laughs> there's no way with the way they run the offense. I'm not interested at all, but I tell you what, he's going to be 4% this week. Yeah. Good point. The good AJ pull. Brown thing is weird. Like AJ Brown's so good. And you see these highlights of him breaking tackles and scoring they were down 38 to 3 last week at halftime. He had four catches. That seems crazy. Mike. He, he's it's weird. Earlier in the year we where like he's the boomer bus guy and then he got a bunch of targets. And the last like that's six straight weeks where AJ Brown has four or fewer catches. Which is and he scores every week, so like yeah. you can kind of figure it out, but like he has to score to work. Like he's just he's not catching eight or nine balls a week. It's it's very interesting how they're how they're really Corey Davis last week was like eleven catches or whatever it was, like crazy. But they're they're back to using him as the kind of that that boomer boomer bust big play big play guy.
2: Yeah, and Johnny Smith is back, so like theoretically, that's another end zone target that they have that they don't have to use Brown for. So, not that he's you know, like Mike Evans back there, but still.
1: Can I can I give you one more impossible stat with the AJ Brown Corey Please? Davis game? The Jaguars allowed a hundred yard receiver in eight straight football games. <laughs> that's hard to do. Ugh. Like at some point, you got to face a team that like doesn't have receivers or runs the ball so much. It doesn't matter. Eight straight games. Someone has a wide receiver a hundred yards against them. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. So. Let's bring it. Let's jump down. I loved Julio Jones, 1600. P is out officially. He's not playing this week because of the hamstring. So that probably saved me a lot of money. Cause he was probably gonna play four plays. <laughs> and then so thank, thank, I'm thankful for that. Um, just under 7,000. There's a couple of guys I really like this week. One of them is my favorite play of the week at wide receiver. Um, it's not Al Robbins. I do like Al Robbins. He's not my favorite play, but 6,800 against Houston. We talked about how the Houston defense is not good. Um, if it's weirdly like Alan Robbins has become this like floor guy, like he has six plus catches the last five weeks, but he had the one game of two touchdowns, but he's not like having huge games. Great matchup. Even T Y Hilton, the ghost of your boy had 110 yards and touchdown <laughs> last week. Um, they give us a big games so wide receiver ones. I think Allen Robinson is very much in play this week. And I don't think he's going to be that popular.
2: He, this is the one that's your favorite in this group.
1: No, it's not. He, oh, I like it. Okay. I have hundred dollars less. That's my favorite play so far this week.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I like, I, have, Robinson's kind of play that like, he always, he's good enough where like, if he's some. on a GPP winning team. You're like, Oh yeah. Like he's good. But like, I'm, I'm not going out of my way to get Mitchell Trubisky's top target. That's,
1: that's the problem. It's just the quarterback. So as we jump down though, I love Terry McLaurin this week, wow. 6,700. Love Terry McLaurin this week. Um, I love good receivers coming off super quiet games. Uh, I imagine he's uh, he's mentioning that in the in the wide receiver room all week that he had he had two catches last week for 14 yards. The Niners just can't cover the deep ball on the edge is what it comes down to. Like the Niners are their they're, Their linebackers are still good enough. That they can kind of cover the middle of the field. Their cornerbacks are horrible right now. Richard Sherman can't stick with anybody right now. Like I just think he's not fully healthy. Um, Kwan Williams is out. He's hurt. He's suspended. And on the COVID, I think he's like hit all three of the, the, the IRs at the same time. Uh, Keller Witherspoon is so bad. they didn't even put him in the game. Jason Verrett's playing pretty well, but I don't think the Niners can stop running receivers right now. Um, Cole Beasley, uh, Gabriel Davis, and Stephon Diggs last week were 22 for 290. (laughs) I looked at that. I'm like, I'm sure I typoed that, and it was 209. It was 290. Like, Cole Beasley had 100 yards in the first half. Like, it's just – they can't – Josh Allen was out of his mind, played awesome. But I get it's with Alex Smith. Um, you know, Devontae Adams and TK Mack have 150 plus yards against them. Like big receivers, stud receivers have been awesome against the 49ers. Each had over 150 yards a week, eight and nine. Before this, uh, the bad game last week, uh, McLaurin had over 74 yards in six straight games. Um, season low in targets. He had five plus catches in those six games. I just think McLaurin's in a perfect spot this week. I think people may be off him a little bit. I looked at the uh, one ownership percentage they had him way down the list. I was really surprised by that. I think sixty seven hundred Terry McLaurin, my favorite wide receiver play of the week.
2: Wow, I'm looking at the ones we have on Rotowire for, from UF Collective, and he is far down the list.
1: Oh, I love that. Let's keep him down there. Let's let, let's nobody talk
2: about him right. for the next three days. So is Justin Jefferson though.
1: Oh, I don't know if that's they're good. together.
2: Yeah, he's uh, expensive though. Um, I just I, don't
1: think the I not think only Niners can stop really good receivers right now, and it has been the case for like six straight weeks. Yeah.
2: I played Terry McLaurin a lot less than, and I probably should, and I am probably not playing him this week, which is just adding to the list of times I should have played him, but...
1: When you cut the video clip, cut that one right there so I can I can play it back when he has nine for 125 and right. two touchdowns. Right, No, I... um The game the game has to work out a little bit well. I like the fact that they are, you know, at San Francisco, but they're indoors on the turf and in Arizona, so you have no weather or wind issues, which you do have some time, although not as much as Santa Clara as you did in San Francisco, but I just the Niners I think can score enough that uh, they'll make this game. I think the Washington defense is a good play too. Just I think they got sacks and M- Mullins will make mistakes, but I think the Niners will move the ball enough. I mean, last week against Buffalo, they got killed, but they had 6.6 yards per play. Like the offense actually moved the ball pretty well. They just, they just stall themselves and make stupid mistakes, but I think they're going to do enough. This game will be a little bit more high scoring than people think. I think that, I think McLaurin's going to go wild. Isn't, isn't it grass? Yeah, They wheel it in, but like yeah, they it's, do, still, right? it's still a fast surface. And yeah. it's, uh,
2: it's just perfect grass.
1: Tyler Murray looks fast on it, doesn't he? Yeah, that, so, um, yeah. It's actually kind of cool how they wheel it in and out. I've been yeah. down there and it, it's it's cool to see. But, very cool. Yeah, I love I love him at this at this price. He's the you know, under seven thousand. I think for this level of receivers, again, a good matchup is. Uh, I just think he's going to go crazy this week.
2: Okay, I mean, but I mean, you are obviously very into it. Um, but like, I think everybody's playing Robbie Anderson in this range.
1: I think everybody's playing Robbie Anderson. He's priced way down at 6,200. It sounds like DJ Moore is not going to play. He's on the COVID list. They have not ruled him out, but hard to see him like suddenly jumping in and playing. But yeah, I mean, Anderson was what, four for 94 and a touchdown last week against Minnesota. His targets have been really good last four weeks and should be super active if if DJ Moore doesn't play. So Denver's only allowed, uh, hasn't allowed 100 yards to a receiver since week nine. Do you know who that receiver was in week nine? There's a reason I'm asking you. Perriman? That's a good guess. It was uh, Olamide <laughs> it, so.
2: um
1: Yeah, I think that, I think the, the Robbie Anderson love, I think if Mike Adams doesn't play, there's going to be a lot of Chris God- Godwin. It's going to help McLaurin's percentage go down even more. But yeah, I, I can't argue against It's Anderson's 1,600 all this week. I mean, if they, if more doesn't play, it's a really good
2: play. Yeah, Curtis Samuel is playing. Um, he yeah. was activated. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it's been a while before since I've, looked at Robbie Anderson and like wanted to play him and looking at Godwin who's so close. It's just like, I'm not sure I need to play Teddy bridgewater's top weapon when I can have Tom Brady's
1: maybe. Yeah, that's, and that's fair. And I mean, Samuel playing at 5200 is interesting in that offense too. If you want to get it, you could just get a little cheaper if Moore doesn't play, but I liked Godwin. Even if Evans plays, I just think that, I think this feels like they're kind of ramping up Godwin a little bit. He has 25 targets the last three games. 90 plus yards in two of those three and just kind of for a guy who was a stud and like second round draft pick in fantasy leagues, he's kind of under the radar right now. Six plus catches, four games in a row. I think the Minnesota defense is going to struggle. They've allowed 19 touchdowns to wide receivers. That's tied for the league lead. Uh, they've been a little bit better lately, but like your point earlier, they faced the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers and the Jaguars who, you know, not a lot of receiving uh, acumen right there. The Cowboys have a lot of good receivers, but it was with, you know, a weak quarterback um i just like the tampa offense this week and i think godwin's gonna be the piece that i'm gonna want from that
2: yeah i think he'll be the most popular one in that in his price range
1: i do too uh yeah him and Anderson. i think anderson would probably be right there right probably yeah him and anderson um as we drop down uh we've got Corey davis who's also gonna be popular they did price him up a little bit but still 5700 i went through the stats last week why i liked him so much he's just so involved right now i mean he has he has he's played nine games four of those are over 100 yards doesn't have a game all year. He doesn't have either 65 yards or a touchdown. Like He's just every single week. I think he's double, just double dip points every single week, but one, uh, he was obviously huge last week, 11 for 182. I just, I don't know. I can't argue against Corey Davis 5,700 right now. He's just, he's rolling.
2: Yep. I mean, we talk about who guys who are going to be popular. He's absolutely going to be, I think, the top pay down uh, option this week. I mean I think, as much uh, as you can pay down at 5,700 on DraftKings.
1: Yeah, I, I I think I fully agree there, and I, I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be really popular. It's just coming off that week, still under six thousand. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for people not to play him. Right. So it's weird, like they him and AJ Brown have played eight games together. He's outscored AJ Brown in five of those eight. He's out targeted him in six of those eight. Like he's just been better in the games they play, which is crazy. I mean AJ Brown is the more talented stud player, but Corey Davis has been better so far in games they both played. It's it's a wild wild stat to think of.
2: Yeah, they're finally Davis is finally like turning into the guy that we all thought. He was going to be when he was drafted.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was a really high draft pick and you're right. He's finally becoming that guy. So one more guy in this range I wanted to ask you about. So if I told you, we got a guy at 5,400 whose last four games are six for 115 eight for 91 and a touchdown, seven for 75 and a touchdown, five for 95 in and a touchdown. He's 5,400. You'd be pretty fired up about that, right?
2: Yeah. I love Brandon. Ayuk.
1: Wow. Well, good luck. See, you're better at that game than I am. You give me someone. I always mess with. No, Brand the, Ayoub, That's his last four games. Yeah. I'm a Niners fan. He missed two of those games. I think one was COVID. One was injury. Maybe he went with COVID twice. I forget. But last four games have been awesome for a guy at this price range.
2: Yeah. Uh, And that's with like Mullins. Mullins just likes him. I think. uh, He does. They mesh well. Yeah. We keep talking to like Debo, I feel like is the one that everyone's like, oh, if he's in then like, he's the guy and all this stuff. But like, Ayuk's been a beast. And uh,
1: And I I love Debo, but I don't get why he's a thousand dollars more.
2: Right. Exactly. Uh, no, I think Ayuk is like a perfect pivot from Corey Davis.
1: I do too. I think that uh, in a GPP kind of thing where everybody has Davis, if you can get to Ayuk, and I like I said, I think this game's gonna be a little more high scoring than people think. I know it's one of the lower totals. I think it goes over. Washington's a tough matchup, but like Deontay and and uh, James Washington, 151 yards and two touchdowns last week combined. Amari had a buck 12 the week before that, so they do get to the quarterback and rush well. But you can, you can get them a little bit on the on the outside if you're a good receiver. I, I was surprised. I'm a 49ers fan. I watch all their games. I was surprised how good his numbers were last four weeks. I didn't, like, I think the two missed games in there maybe got me off that streak a
2: little bit, but he's been really good. It's funny to consider that like, you'd want to line up with Ayuk and McLaurin and have absolutely zero thought, like zero thought of playing Mullins or Smith.
1: Zero thought. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> like, there's no way I want any of them, but right. I think that there's enough there that, I mean, you look at Ayuk's targets last three weeks, 11, 14, and nine. So it's not like he's just hit a big play and that's it. Like, He's super involved at all points. It's uh, the Niners' year has been an absolute disaster in so many ways, but having Ayuk and Debo as your two receivers going forward for the next, you know, however many years, is, is really, really intriguing. He's really
2: good. Like the rookie wide receivers this season are just insane, which makes awesome. like Denzel Mims' constant injury is just a killer.
1: Yeah, and this week obviously is a family thing, so that's tough too. But he's not playing, but. Um, so what about, uh, I've got a little, we got a little bit long here, but what about receiver, uh, Kiki Kuti here at Receiver? He's 5,000, he was 3,500 last week and um, came through gigantically well, obviously. Eight for 141 on nine targets, had a, more action than Brandon Cooks did. Kiki Kuti has 300-yard games in his career. All three against the Colts, which is the weirdest stat of all time. Like I don't know how that's possible, but... Price is still pretty good. Chicago got lit up by Detroit wide receivers last week to a huge degree. I think they have like three hundred yards or something like that to all the Detroit wide receivers combined. Uh, are you back to Kuti at five thousand this week?
2: No. I, I I mean, the Chicago defense is one that like I tend not to want to play against, and so um, it's as simple as that. Like I,
1: I just don't I don't love this game either.
2: Right. I. Being outside in Chicago in December sounds pretty horrible. When I could just play Corey Davis down in Florida.
1: Yeah, I think that the Ayuk and Davis in there, are like, kind of in the same ish range, uh, makes it tough for me and Kuti also off the big game. Yeah. Uh, before I jump down to the guys in the three thousands, there anybody else in the four thousands that you're that you like this week, you mentioned Mike Mike Williams earlier. Like, he's become a real boomer bust guy. But if you like, if you like that game to get a little squirrely and back and forth, I could see playing him at forty seven hundred, but obviously some risk there. We got. You know, T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman at five thousand five hundred. I just think it's hard to to figure out who in the indie the offense is going to do well each week, so I'm kind of avoiding them there. But anybody else in like the 4,000, low fives you like?
2: Um, I'm more on the on the guys underneath. But like, I think you could yeah, make you like if you want to try one of the Denver guys, like going like I don't think there are any cash plays down here. I'll put it that way. Everybody else, it just GPP flyers that maybe pay off.
1: So what about under four thousand? Is there anybody in particular you do like this week?
2: I mean, I was looking at Perriman, Um, the expectation that the Jets are going to have to throw and they're throwing against a defense that's been exposed plenty. There's no Mims. Uh, I kind of considered Crowder a little bit, but I think he's a little too expensive for being on such a garbage team. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think Perriman kind of came out a little bit. And then um, I was looking at um, Mooney, if he was going to play. But I feel like Mooney's the kind of play that like every week I'm going to look and be like, I think I like Mooney this week, and then you look yeah. more into it, and you're just like, maybe I don't.
1: <laughs> I had uh, I had five guys down here. I had two of them bolded. Mooney was down here, but not bolded. Um, good matchup against Houston. I could see playing with 3,500, 15 targets last two weeks. Yeah, hasn't done a lot with them. No. And it's Trubisky. You get the Trubisky stuff again. Uh, Paramount was one of the bolded ones. If you wanted a piece of the Jets offense, they're going to cheap and they're going to throw all well, second half against a defense that's you know has been thrashed by by passers most of the year. Mims is out, as you mentioned. Um, only one for twenty-two last week. Did have four targets, but it was four for seventy-nine the week before that. Yeah. So I think that at thirty-nine hundred, I think it's a it's a pretty good way to get the matchup. But there's a guy down here I really really like this week. At thirty-eight hundred is Michael Gallup against Cincinnati. Hmm. Uh, Michael Gallup has been is a stud, but has been kind of quiet most of the year. You know they have they have Cooper, they have Ceedee Lamb, Dalton Schultz is in there for a while. Last two games with Andy Dalton though, nineteen targets for Gallup, thirteen catches. Uh, He was seven for 86 last week on 11 targets. You're going to give me someone down here that's getting targets and is an absolute stud of a player. Like we always down here, you either get like someone that's really good who's not getting a lot of action or someone who's getting a lot of action is not really good. Right (laughs) Right now you're getting both with Gallup. And I understand that the way this offense runs, like they, maybe it's a Ceedee Lamb week or an Amari Cooper week, but at 3,800, I'm willing to take the chance that it's enough of a Michael Gallup week that uh, against a bad defense, Um, with the talent and recent usage, I'm, I'm all in on Gallup this week at at a really cheap price. And I think he's only cheap because he had, he had, he had the big game on whatever that was Monday or Tuesday. I forget now. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday against the Ravens. Um, but he looked good. Dalton was looking at him. Dalton consistently went to him. I think he has a connection with Dalton. I just think he's, I think he's too, he's too cheap this week for how talented he is.
2: Yeah. I think that's, that's a fun one. Um, because it just seemed like Dak forgot about him. Yeah. And, and so, it was like, he had that
1: one big week, but like every other week, that was, was it, no yeah. Lamar or Cooper, and that was it,
2: yeah. Right. And even that big week, it was only six catches. Like, it's yeah. not like it was 14. And he's like a deeper threat than than uh, Cooper and Lamar anyway. But... Uh, you
1: give me like seven or eight targets for Gallup, at 3,800. I think he's a slam dunk. I, 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 I can't guarantee the targets, but like, if you told me ahead of time, like, he had seven targets, I think he's just a, such a great play this week. And I think the last two weeks... 19 targets with Dalton. I think he's a pretty good chance he gets that number.
2: Yeah, that's a fun. That's a fun one. I like that.
1: Be a lot of my lineups this week.
2: He's low down on the ownership projection list.
1: I hope that stays the same. Fun. I kind of thought he would jump out a little bit just because of the name, but I'd love him to stay down there. That'd be great.
2: Yeah. Who else
1: is down like, here? I had Colin Johnson again. He had 14 targets last couple weeks, but again, the Jacksonville like it just it's hard to figure out who week by week who's going to do anything. Good game script though. High total against Tennessee. 52 and 39 snaps last two weeks. He seems like he and Mike Glennon have kind of a, a connection, which, you know, you mentioned last week that, you know, the guy coming as a backup, maybe he works with those guys more than the, than the starters. And um, so I think he's interesting at 3,600, but like there's no way I'd play him over Gallup or Perriman.
2: Do you know who has just as many targets in his last three games as Johnson? Uh, Who's the exact same price? Oh, he's actually LaVisca. $100 more. LaVisca Chenault? Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Sticking with the 49ers. You never uh, like Bourne. Never. I just,
1: Bourne drives me nuts because he drops so many passes. So as a 49ers fan, it's like frustrating because I just remember like, oh, look, third and six, eight-yard play of Kendrick Bourne, drops. So it's like, but they like him in the red zone. They use him a lot. I just think with Debo and Ayuk healthy, it's hard yeah. for me to get to Bourne.
2: Ironically, your other boy who drops passes to Marcus Robinson is only $100 more than those two.
1: No thanks there. And then the other guy was Cam Sims in this game against the 49ers. He's 3,100. Um, I only noted him because he had nine targets for the for the Washington football team. I almost messed it up again. Uh, five for 92. Uh, I don't know. I just think there's enough guys down here that I like more. But um, he's he's kind of breaking out a, little bit, a really nice one-handed catch on the sideline that was impressive. And um, he kind of looked the part last week against Pittsburgh. But uh, I probably need to see one more week of him to play him in a, in a bunch of lines. But I think he's a 3100 flyer if you're, like, stuck down here and you need a price. I so think he's an, he's an okay guy. Uh, sure. And the Niners can't stop receivers, so there is that. Uh, uh Yeah. I guess tight end, tight end uh, Kelsey and Waller are easily the highest 7400 for Kelsey 6,800 for Waller off the uh, off the the really big game last week uh, are you finding yourself able to get the able to get these two guys in this week uh
2: I think they're close enough that I'm just like I, there's no way I play Waller over Kelsey like none. I agree there I um, think if it,
1: it, it was 1600 maybe but 600 I think I'd have to go to Kelsey
2: yeah and so just think of all of the um, the cheaper wide receivers we were just talking about and that's who you have to choose from. If you want to play Kelsey, it's like, that's almost every line of construction requires you to get, you're not going to get a 3000 or $3,500 or a $3,800 running back. That is going to do anything enough for you. Certainly not going to be a quarterback. So if you want Kelsey, you need a very, at least one very cheap wide receiver. And so, but that's just the way you look at it. If, if you think that, um, you know, I mean,
1: it's it's a like off you know easy two v two. You go like someone like Ridley and Perriman or or with Rid, Ridley and uh, like Logan Thomas, right. Or Kelsey and Perriman, something like that. Exactly. Like it's just uh, you. I usually find myself playing the more expensive wide receiver, but like Kelsey's so good and so consistent right now, like I would argue less hard than I normally would against the expensive tight end. But he has eight plus catches in five straight games. Like mm-hmm. that's an insane amount of. That's not targets. That's catches. Hundred plus yards and four or five, like he's just he's he's so so best better than every other tight end right now. It's just he's the one guy that I could, I could argue for.
2: Yeah, I, I think like I said it before, like if he was a wide receiver, you would absolutely lock him in at seventy four hundred. Yep. And yeah, so, I think so, if you would rather lock him in with Brashad Perriman and and not play, uh, I mean there there are cheap um, tight ends that. People, I mean, people always play cheap tight ends, Always, yeah. but there are plenty of them this week in the kind of low 4,000, high 3,000 range that, um, it's certainly not a double tight end week, but
1: in the, um, in kind of the mid rate, I think the double tight end week won the millionaire last week, or there was a top five with Waller and Robert Tunyon. I forget it was, it was, was, I know it was a top five team. I don't know if they won, but it was a top five team that had those two guys. Right.
2: Well, Waller put up a wide receiver score.
1: He certain put up a stud wide receiver score for sure. Um, in the mid range, um, TJ Hawkinson's playing really well right now. He's 5,000. Um, his three best yardage games of the whole season have been the last three weeks, 68, 89, and 84 yards. So he's rolling right now pretty well. I think without Kenny Galladay, he, he, he's, he's really a big part of that uh, that offense. So I could play him at 5,000. Uh, Mike Kosicki, who's been kind of quiet for a while, has kind of broken out with Tua. Uh, he was 9 for 88 and a touchdown on 11 targets last week. He has 40-plus he has yards in four the last five games. At 4,500, I think he's interesting just because of the game script. I think they're gonna have to throw a lot against the Chiefs, so I think he works too in that mid range. I'd play him over your boy Hunter Henry. I'd play him over Evan Ingram. Um, what about uh, cheap tight ends? Who do you like uh, kind of down low this week?
2: Um, I like Jonu Smith because anybody who plays Jacksonville, I feel like you have to at least consider um, mm-hmm. Smith. Just doesn't like he just doesn't get any volume, and not like tight ends get like a ton of volume. Although we were just talking about Gasecki getting 11 targets, but like yeah. Um, if you told me John U. Smith, like hasn't had more than five targets all season, I believe you, I mean, he's had six in back-to-back games. So like, I realize that's not right, but like, yeah, it's six in back-to-back games. So it's not, I mean, but he's, there's a reason why he's 3,900. Um, I think Tanyan is fine again, like for the amount that the Packers like to throw, like, it seems like every week there's a play where he has
1: like nobody within 15 yards of him. when He catches the pass. Like, yeah. I guess everybody goes to Adams and they run deep with MVS across the middle of the and Tunyon's like, all right, I'm cool here. But, uh, Debbie seems like he's involved I mean, the targets aren't huge, but he's caught, he has 20 targets the last four weeks. He's caught 18 of them like that's pretty impressive. And
2: he's a touchdown in three straight games. So, yeah. um, that's there. Um, I think, I think all of these guys are the same. And so like just flip a coin and it does, it actually doesn't even matter which one you pick. So you get it a little cheaper, thirty-three hundred. I think
1: Logan Thomas. We talked about him a bunch earlier in the year. He's he getting targeted. is interesting. He had a big game last week. He had nine targets yeah. against Pittsburgh, nine for ninety-eight. Uh, his first game over four catches. So we don't want to get carried away here. But he scored the last couple weeks. Again, I think the Niners, you know, have trouble stopping people. But I, I, I like receivers against them more than tight ends. But I think Logan Thomas, if you want to get really cheap, the other guy down here who's kind of interesting at twenty-nine hundred is Cole Kmet uh, against uh, for the Bears against Houston again. Uh, he's played. He, he's kind of like part of the offense last couple of weeks, which he wasn't early. He's played 54 snaps each of the last two weeks. Um, Jimmy Graham is old and bad, uh, but committed five for 37 touchdown last week on seven tar. he's A guy that has some athleticism, some skill, good matchup. Uh, if you're going to get under three thousand, you know I think he's a decent stab, and you hope maybe he gets 50 yards and scores.
2: Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think it's fine.
1: He was my one guy over under three thousand. And if you need to get cheap here, I think that uh,
2: I think he presents a little bit of
1: upside for the price.
2: Yeah, I would almost guarantee that one of Jacob Hollister or Will Disley scores. I just don't know which one.
1: Yeah, good luck trying to figure out Seattle tight ends week to week. Right. But uh, one of them's great.
2: definitely scoring.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, let's jump into defenses real quick. Um, I'm going to start with you. I like collect three defenses. I like kind of each price range. Uh, who are you? Uh, who are you thinking this week?
2: Uh, I was kind of all over the place, but Uh, they've been really just horrific all season. Um, But, and you know me, I start from bottom up uh, when I go defenses. But the Cowboys against the Bengals at 2,400, like...
1: One of of my three bolded, yeah. Yeah, so like, I I think
2: that's going to be the popular pay down one, just because uh, the Cincinnati offense is kind of a hot mess. And so, uh, I mean, like you said, the Cowboys defense is not good either. But, uh, you know, we play defenses to bet are relying on mistakes and you just have to hope that the Cincinnati Bengals make the mistakes like they normally do.
1: Since he's allowed 16 sacks the last four games, uh, Brent Allen's thrown four picks in his three games. Like you could see a big play coming for that game just by how inept the Cincinnati offense
2: is. Yeah, for sure.
1: They're 2,400 on draftings, 3,500 on FanDuel. I think they're going to be very popular. I think it'd be popular on FanDuel because there's it's harder to find cheaper defense there because yeah. they price the other ones up. I mean, the obvious one that sticks out is the Saints this week. I mean, the Philly offensive line is just an utter mess. We talked about last week with Green Bay. They had seven more sacks allowed last week. Like, I mean, Green Bay didn't do a lot in terms of turnovers and touchdowns, but like seven sacks. They just built such a nice floor. The Saints defense is rolling right now, 12 sacks last week. So I think if you're – they're only 3,800 on DraftKings, They're 4,900 on FanDuel. Um, I think the Saints, if anybody's paying up, are going to be pretty darn popular this week too.
2: Yeah, we've seen – we've had, I feel like, a number of weeks with – over $4,000 uh defenses yeah. on draftkings 3800 is the highest this week. So
1: I thought the Saints were going to be like 4500
2: this week. I thought they were going to be really highly priced. Yeah. I think yeah, I think they're fine. Um I kind of like the Titans against Jacksonville at 3100 just because um the Titans have like guys on defense who can make plays particularly with with returns and Jacksonville is terrible. So uh <laughs> they're bad. There's there's that. Um and obviously Seattle at home against the Jets. At three thousand is is pretty cheap. Jamal yeah. Adams seems like a
1: revenge. Re, the revenge game there, right? Right. An
2: actual revenge game. I know he yeah. played for the Jets. <laughs> now, granted, this game's in Seattle, so it's not full revenge. But yes, uh, yeah, L coming on a little bit. Fourteen sacks the last four weeks. The Jets have allowed
1: a lot of sacks. The Jets have a lot of turnovers. I could see. that I think that one be pretty popular too. The other one I liked that I thought was gonna be popular, and as, as I went through, I think a lot of people are gonna play the Cowboys or Seattle or the Saints. Is is Washington against the Niners? Um, they had uh, they had no sacks last week against Pittsburgh, but that's Pittsburgh. Like Ben doesn't get sacked. They had four sacks each of the prior two weeks. The Niners were not allowed a lot of sacks, but I just Nick Mullins. I watched these games he's really okay when he's like a clean pocket. Like he's, he's fine. He can do what he needs to do. He's horrible under pressure. And I think he's going to get pressured this week. The, Washington's going to get, going to get pressure. Mullins is a 4.9 YPA when he faces pressure. Like he's just really bad. There's a couple, couple plays last week against the bills where he got felt rushing. Like all of a sudden he's just like throwing the ball and he doesn't really look great. He's, and he's a receiver in the area, but like he's got three guys on him and it's just like, I think you're going to have some, you're going to have a couple of bad mistakes. It just a matter if Washington turns them into, interceptions and returns. Right. But I think at twenty eight hundred, thirty nine hundred on FanDuel, I think Washington is a, a really good play. If you want to get away from Seattle and be a little different, um I think I think Nick Mullins gives Washington a couple chances to make big plays. You just have to have to convert them.
2: Yeah. That's a fun fun pivot.
1: I see a lot of people liking the Niners D this week. Uh, I saw that like on on one side I looked at they were the number one projected defense. Wow they were really bad against Buffalo. Like get, they were really good the prior two weeks against the, I think the saints, the Rams, they played pretty well. They had five sacks and six turnovers. in game. they own Jared Goff. but uh, Washington has allowed multiple sacks in every single game all year, which is kind of a crazy stat. I just, uh, I think if I'm going to go in that game, I'm going to go the other side of it. And so I probably won't have much Niners defense. That's fair. Yeah. Last one I want to mention. Um, Drew Locke has thrown an interception in 11 straight games. Uh, I think one of those is, is, is it was Hinton, so I, I'm a little bit off, but the Broncos have thrown interceptions eleven straight games, nine in the last four games. So, you know, Carolina defense scored twice the week before they were off last week, and they scored twice. The, the Jeremy Chin back-to-back uh, touchdown plays, which is pretty wild. But um, I think if you're looking for a big play, Carolina, you know, probably underlook this week with the other team as we mentioned, uh, make a little bit of sense with how loose Drew Locke is with the ball.
2: Yeah, I'd probably play Carolina over Washington.
1: Okay, that's fair. You don't have as much Nick Mullins for no. your <laughs> I just, like, every time he gets pressure, I'm like, oh, God, we're oh, so no, right? no, no, no. So. Kind of a big slate. We went a little bit long there, but uh, it's a 13 game slate that kind of happens. Anybody else that uh, you feel like we missed or mentioned? I think we've hit everybody that I want to talk about at least. Yeah,
2: no. Uh, we're good to go.
1: Michael Gallup and Terry McLaurin week, I'm telling you. Love it. I like it. We got to build off the Corey Davis love from last mm-hmm. week. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to the RotoWire fantasy football podcast the Friday DFS version we greatly appreciate that if you want to follow Andrew on Twitter he's at RotoWire Andrew i am at Scott Jensted jensted j e n s t a d if you have any questions for us on there as injuries break and stuff happens uh, over the weekend uh, definitely let us know on there other than that hope you have a great week 14 we'll be on week 15 with you next friday everybody take care and have a great weekend